0: Hi friends you're listening to art and magic a podcast where we connect all things practical magical and really real when it comes to walking the artist path i'm your host devin walls painter mentor and dreamer thank you so much for being here now let's get into today's episode Hello, and welcome to the final episode of 2020. That feels really exciting to me, and maybe to you as well. Did we ever think we would make it here? I don't know. For me, this year has been super slow, and then also super fast at the same time. It's weird like that. So 2020 was a total shit show on all fronts, just stating the obvious here, and in my own personal life. I had a whole upheaval as well. There's something about 2020 that brought out a lot of truths for better or for worse. And, and I think that I'm personally going to be better for it, but it has not been easy. And the truth of the matter is, I know I had it super smooth sailing compared to frontline workers, parents, people who lost jobs and businesses, and many more communities. So there's that however, while the shit show of this year was going on, so was the art life. And that's what I'm here to talk about with you today. This is definitely more of a personal one. I think it's always more vulnerable to share what we're doing and learning about in real time. But I'm hoping that there will be little bits of resonance that can help you or feel relevant to where you're at and what you're wanting to. So I'm going to start by sharing about, you know, what went down for me, what were the milestones, what were the celebrations, what happened, and I'm also going to talk about why I think those things panned out at this time, like what came before to make those things happen. And then I'm going to talk about what I learned, what were the hard-earned lessons, and what the takeaways were for 2021 that I'm really going to try to do differently. And all along the way, I'm going to answer some of the questions that you all sent in. I got some really fun ones. I got some more serious ones. Um, Everything from, you know, am I having an easier time selling on Instagram versus a gallery? Who is my dream co-host? And much, much more. Okay, deep breath, reflections on 2020. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going to kick this celebration section off with a question that came in from Chandler, and she asked, have you fulfilled something this year that you were dreaming up years ago? And the answer is yes, it's always good to pause and acknowledge Something you would have been stoked about a couple years ago. And for me this year, I think it was two things. One was the mural I did at Vans at the very beginning of the year. And the second was the fact that I sold more work than I ever have. In fact, on my last collection release, all the pieces sold out in the first day, which I'm still kind of pinching myself about. And I so remember a time, maybe you can relate to this yourself, where I would see these other artists selling their work and it was selling out. And I was just like, how are they doing that? I, I, my stuff is just sitting here. And so to think back on myself in that place a couple of years ago, and then seeing where I am now, it is really exciting and rewarding. And um, I'm really grateful for, for all of that. So I'm reflecting on, okay, well, why did these things happen? I like to think about that so that I can you know double down on them maybe in future years. What, what made this come about? So as for the Vans mural, I kind of had it in my mind a year ago, I believe it was that I really wanted to get into doing murals. So I just did free murals, I found opportunities, I did an artist residency here in Laguna Beach, where part of the exchange was that you got to do a mural. Um, And then that led to other opportunities with them to do more free murals. And I just posted about them. And eventually I started taking money for supplies and started doing them for really low cost. But I had really set out on that intention a couple years ago. I can really see the trajectory there. So I got hired for that mural at Vans just by someone finding me on Instagram and hiring me. They were looking for somebody local, they were looking for somebody who fit the van's aesthetic, and they were looking for somebody who had their own voice, at least. That's what I got out of this person when I asked all of the questions (laughs) that I wanted to know about the hiring process for this. And so the lesson there for myself, and I think for all of us, is do the projects, like show that you can do the projects that you're wanting to get, even if you have to do them For free or at low cost in the beginning. So, I intend to continue on that route and to continue building my portfolio in ways that I would like to get paid for um, going into 2021. As for selling an exciting portion of the work that I made this year, this could be a whole episode in itself, and maybe it will be because I get questions on how I sell my work all the time. But if I'm looking back on my personal journey, like with a very personal lens, two things come to mind and they are not new information. The first one is just consistency and dedication, both on social media and marketing and in my studio practice. One foot in front of the other, day after day, slow organic growth, slow results. But over a five-year period of time, those small steps really do add up. People really do get invested in your work and get to know you and fall in love with what you're making. And then the second part is like honesty and risk in the work. Work that is more me, work that is probably better quality than I was making a couple years ago. Just that slow growth in my actual work. So this actually leads me to touch on... Something else I want to talk about in terms of, you know, what happened this year? What did I do? What did the art life look like? And the biggest difference between this year and prior years was that I spent way more time in the studio making stuff without an agenda. And that was in effect because of the coronavirus. I was more desperate to get out of the house. I was really fortunate that I had a studio to go to. A lot of other regular business plans I might have had got put on hold. I also used it as a way to cope with the massive uncertainty that we were all dealt, but that ended up being a real gift. And when I'm looking back in retrospect, I see the effect that that had on my work itself and everything that was to fill in the rest of the year. And so I think there's really a lesson there for me personally, which is that, yes, we have to do the things, we have to tend to practical life and business and all of that, but the magic comes from the work. The magic comes from the intimacy between you and what you're making. And it's something that I need to hear often and maybe you do too. Okay. So while we're still kind of in the realm of sales, I'm going to read a question that was sent in uh, from an Instagram follower. And the question was, do you find that you're having an easier time selling art via Instagram rather than doing it through a gallery? Are you open to working with consultants? So I have sold with galleries and other kinds of spaces in the form of shows and residencies. I've never been formally represented by a gallery where it's like I'm one of their gallery artists. I think that's what we think of when we think of being with a gallery a lot of the time. But I can speak to my experience in doing shows, both solo and group shows. And what I've really learned in doing that is that the sales have often come from my own people. It's kind of like whatever I'm bringing to the party already yields the most results. And that's really shattered maybe some illusions that I've had about like, oh, well, once you're with a gallery, like they bring all of the collectors. And I think that in a lot of circumstances, that probably is true. And I would not be opposed to working with a gallery in that sort of respect. But in the experiences that I have had where I've seen like, oh, the sales are coming from my own people a lot of the time anyway, has just made me focus on my own people and my relationship with them. As such, cultivating that relationship on Instagram and selling kind of through Instagram, although it's like really through my website, um, has been a really, really, really awesome tool. However, my motto in the way that I kind of run things is that I, I do things that feel good. I do things that feel aligned with my goals and my work. I enjoy working with curators and I enjoy working with people that maybe share a similar vision and a similar passion for, you know, the kind of art that I do and the kind of collectors that resonate with my work. And so where I stand is like, I feel really good selling my own work. I I love the intimate relationship that I get to have selling directly to collectors, but I'm also open to the right situations. So that's where I am in that department. Okay, so speaking of galleries and shows and all that, that actually brings me to the next thing that I'm celebrating for 2020, which is a solo show I did at the end of the year with Aquila Projects called From Here to Nowhere. So while this definitely happened during quarantine times and I didn't get to have like an opening like I normally would have, it was still such a big accomplishment just in the sense of putting it together together. solo shows take a lot of work and a lot of preparation. And that felt like a big thing to do in 2020. And going back to this, you know, how it came about, why it happened. Well, I did already have a relationship with the curator. However, when I reflect on all of that work I was making without an agenda, I didn't know it, but I was making the work that would be in that show. And just reflecting on that Kind of solidifies or rebuilds my faith in the power of making work, even if you don't know what will happen with it yet, even if you don't know if anybody will ever see it, or if it will sell, or if it will have a place. Sometimes the work has to come before the opportunity, and that was really the case with that show. Not to mention, um, that show did kind of come together in a last minute sort of way. And if I would have been reached out to, but I didn't have any of that work, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And so sometimes we might feel called to make something um, and it does have a reason, but we just we can't foresee it yet. So I am carrying that with me into next year as well. All right. Something a little more art adjacent that I'm celebrating this year is this podcast. And actually, you might not know this, but my original intention for the show was just to have it be a couple episodes leading up to the launch of my mentorship program. But I just enjoyed the interviews so much. And I saw how much they landed with other people that I decided to make it an actual ongoing show. So doing this show for a whole year now has actually had some very unexpected positive side effects. And one of them being, I've gotten to know myself and what I stand for a lot better by being in relationship to other people. I think that's how we get to know ourselves. It's kind of hard to know ourselves in a vacuum. So by having these conversations, I've learned, you know, what I really care about and what I stand for. And I'm kind of wrapping that up as making art accessible to anyone and everyone who wants to be a part of it. Um, dismantling the gatekeeping that can happen in the art world. And I've seen that the people I really jive with are those who have Lots of depth of thought around their process and how they navigate life as an artist. And it's been so cool to see that there's so many other artists out there who also share these things and have their own spectacular viewpoints on them. It's really made me feel more at home in the art community and as an artist. And with that, you know, it's helped with my confidence too in being able to be who I am and stand for what I stand for. So all the feels there. Okay, so I got a fun question in this department. And that question comes from Montana Flower, CS Art on Instagram. And the question is, who would be your dream co-host? So I have to admit, the first two people that came to mind were Dave Chappelle and Ali Wong. And that's just because I love them. I think they're like my favorite famous people. And I just, I love comedy so much. I think it's probably the best art and it brings me so much joy. However, on a more real sense, somebody who might make a great co-host for an art podcast, I would love to co-host with Jerry Saltz. I really appreciate his perspectives and advice for artists. Um, I love that he's like he's older, so he's more experienced. He's been around the block. Um, no offense, Jerry. That's that's a good thing. And. I also love that he was a working artist and then became an art critic. So I think that gives him a lot of interesting perspectives from both sides. So Jerry, you're welcome on anytime. Okay, so the last things that happened this year and that I'm celebrating were my teaching and mentorship programs. I started the year by doing a four-month group mentorship program. And in the fall, I taught a course called Unique. um, And that had like an intimate mentoring component to it at the end as well. So on a personal note, It's been a thing for me to learn how to balance teaching and mentoring with my own art making studio practice and art career stuff. And this year, with being forced to take it slow, get back to what matters, spend time in the studio, I felt like I found the perfect balance that I had been looking for in this department. And that made these two teaching mentoring experiences so rewarding, so enjoyable. Everybody who took them or was a part of them was freaking phenomenal. And again, these really add something to my to my art life, which is that feeling of service and community. So it's it's related to the podcast in that sense. Especially with the mentorship program, I've really been able to see like the concrete growth that these artists have had and like stay in close relationship with the artists who joined. And again, on a total personal note, it it helps me feel more connected to the community. And I, I love that. So I also got a question about this. And the question was, what is it like to mentor people in their art practices? And will you be offering mentorship in 2021? Oh man, what is it like? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, It's so cool to see people in a spot or a dilemma or a struggle that I maybe had a couple years ago and get to offer them like what I wish I would have had or what I wish I would have known at that time and help them bridge that gap and I pretty much always walk away feeling really in awe of how many people really dedicate themselves to something they love, something that is really hard, like on a creating level and just on making it in the world level. Um, but that love that persists in us is really inspiring. And I think mentoring like keeps that alive for me. I also just love talking about all things art. Like, as you can tell, here I am just talking away. And mentoring is another place where we get to gather and like talk shop together. So it's really fun. Like, that's what it's like is it's really fun and really rewarding. And yes, I will be offering mentoring in 2021, I think along the same vein that I did this year. So the group mentorship will happen in the very early spring, like early March, and then the unique course, I believe it will happen again in the fall. There may be one more opportunity in there. I'm not sure yet, but yes, stay tuned if that's something you want to come on board for. Okay, let's move into the lessons and the takeaways. Okay, so the biggest lesson or thing I would have done differently this year is even though there was so much magic and all this fun stuff and cool projects, I had to rush a lot. I had to push myself a lot. Like there was a solid portion of the year where I was just working nonstop. In retrospect, I am looking at those things that were self-inflicted like, sometimes I put deadlines on myself, like collection releases, or maybe putting too much into a project that I'm not getting paid that amount for. Just going all in in certain ways that I'm, I'm evaluating where I don't need to do that as much. Because the truth is, is like, yes, sometimes that's necessary. But then these things you're so excited about that you've waited what feels like years for, you don't even remember them. They just like go by in a flash because you're just stressing to make it the best ever and get it in on time. So a big thing I'll be doing next year is cutting out things that like aren't a super top priority and honestly like don't yield enough dollar for the time. One of those things is doing commissions that are smaller. Like I'm only going to do large, maybe medium-sized commissions. When I was at the peak of my busyness and then I threw a small custom piece in there, it it just honestly wasn't worth it for how busy I was, even though I love the pieces. I love the collectors. If you were one of those people, I love the piece I made for you. It's not about that. Um, I'm just like really to a point where I have to look at these things because otherwise I'm going to overwhelm myself. And I I did have to learn that the hard way this year. Something I kind of realized is I was like, oh, opportunities and sales they're kind of like crack to artists. Like I think that we've, many of us have been so desperate for them for so long, that then when you get into a place where you're getting more of them, you're like, no, absolutely. I say yes to everything because I remember a time when I didn't have this and that time could come again. And it's, it's really this like scarcity thing, I think in a lot of ways. And I think it's wired into my nervous system from the years that I did feel that way. And so like next year, I'm going to try and undo that a little bit, undo those beliefs, undo that past <laughs> wiring um, and and know that I am better served putting my energy and precious time into opportunities that are going to help me more in the long run, that bring in money that's really sustainable for the time I'm putting in, et cetera, et cetera. On that note, I think next year, I also want to bring better planning, Now, we all have to be easy on ourselves for the lack of planning that happened this year because the truth is I did have plans at the beginning of 2020, but then they shifted and changed and nobody knew what was happening. And then I just kind of ended up doing what was coming my way or what was happening in the moment. So it's fine, forgiven. But next year, I think like always giving myself more time than I need to complete a collection or a project will be an important thing. So every year I pick like a personal word or theme or intention going into it. And what I'm describing kind of fits in perfectly. So I'm going to share my personal theme with you here for next year. Drumroll, please. My theme for 2021 is going to be functional adult. That may sound anticlimactic to you on the surface, However, I think I've never been more excited (laughs) for a year's theme. To me, this really means like grounded action, planning, planning around your actual needs, like socializing and rest and health, planning financially, making grounded financial decisions, and like really taking care of myself in the way that a parent would take care of a child. I've talked about this a bit, but I've been deeply immersed in trauma work and trauma work is really about rewiring your nervous system in a lot of ways and becoming embodied. And when our nervous system is run haywire from trauma, it's very hard to make grounded, regulated decisions. But I'm finally to a place where I'm feeling more regulated. And so I'm excited for next year when I can just be like a calm artist and business owner. At least that is the hope. Something else I want to take into 2020, and it kind of runs alongside, you know, not rushing as much, and that's returning to the magic in the work. I got a little taste of that this year with that, like, studio time and time in solitude, but then I had all these projects happen, and then I ended up rushing and getting carried away and, like, a little bit disconnected. And so I'm actually going through my Saturn return. It just happened and will kind of be at its peak through March, even though it's going to last for a couple years. And the theme, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But for me, the theme is all about like a disciplined spiritual practice, somewhere that I can study and find meaning, almost like going through grad school in a way. And for myself, I've been thinking about how art has really always been that for me. It's been this practice that I engage with that helps me like connect to something greater and derive meaning from my life and process the world around me. And it gets complicated when you start doing it for a career, which is why I tell people like, if you don't feel like you have to do that, like you have a gift just having this be your own sacred special place without the pressures of money. So for me, as much as possible, I really want to bring that focus back and I think that goes alongside being a functional adult. I think the more calm I can be in my planning and in my projects, the more that will allow for that kind of focused, intentional time with my work. Because as I saw this year and I have seen many other years, and as I have already said, that's where the magic starts. That's where the momentum and the magnetism happens is in the power of your work. So I'm returning there. It's my... Um, I don't know. It's like my meditation or my rock or my thing that I'm like, this is always true. So that leads me to our last question. It's a great question. The question is, if you could cover anything in glitter as a public art installation, what would it be? Thank you for this question. The handle is mprince on Instagram who asked that. I would cover what we called the beehive at my elementary school, which is this like structure on the playground. It's like this half dome beehive situation, jungle gym that you climb on. And I think I think of my paintings as playgrounds often, like, yeah, landscape where we would get to interact and jump around. And so if I was going to do something in person, I would want it to feel like this otherworldly jungle playground for adult children. And I was just imagining this like big pink sparkly beehive that you could climb all over. So that would be my answer there. And that is a wrap for the podcast in 2020, a whole year of episodes with some big breaks, but nevertheless, a whole year of episodes. whole year of shit show and crazy, but also lots of gifts and celebrations and maybe things we didn't expect as well. Thank you for listening to this big personal rambling and processing. I love to be in conversation with you guys. So thank you as well for the questions that you sent in. As always, I love doing Q&A episodes. You're invited to send me an email with anything you'd like me to answer on the podcast at devinleewalls at gmail.com, which I will link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see what 2021 has in store for us, (laughs) or maybe I'm a little bit scarred and scared, but either way, I will be here on Instagram and new episodes for season two interviews included will come out next year. High hopes for early next year, although there's not an official date for that yet. I'm wishing you a beautiful transition into the new year. And until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.